0: Hello, my name is Nate, and I'm on staff here with Chi Alpha. Um, you, might know, you might see me around campus um, with one leg, one not one leg, but one pant leg, <laughs> one, one pant leg rolled up, um, and I've been getting a hard time from a lot of people because of that. Um, I didn't think it was a weird thing until I came to Ellensburg, um, and so no, I'm not trying to start a new fashion trend, although I wouldn't mind if you guys join in. Um, The reason that is that I ride my bike to get around town, and with long pants, they often get caught in the gears, so I roll up one side of my pants so they don't get caught up in the gears. So you can continue to tease me if you want, but now you know, and you can join in on the fashion style if you want, so that's out there. So I'm Nate. Um, My wife is Maggie Lane. She's sitting (laughs) back there yeah and there's a picture of her coming up too um yeah she's pretty um and also so she's a teacher in the ellensburg school district um which means that she is changing the world by impacting students in the public school system so yeah let's clap for that that's awesome i'm stoked about her you should be too If you don't know either me or my wife, please come and introduce yourself. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to say hi. Um, So, I'm excited to be speaking to you tonight. Um, If you haven't been here, or if you have and you need the reminder, we've been going through a series um, about who we are as Chi Alpha. So, for the first five weeks, we've gone through the pillars of who we are as Chi Alpha. Um, And this is what we've learned we've learned that we are all about fellowship. We live in community, and we live in friendship. We care about discipleship, so we're devoted to getting to know Jesus and becoming like him. We're a community of prayer. We talk to God, listen as he talks to us, and obediently do what he says. We're a community of worship because of who God is and what he's done for us. And we're a community on mission. We talk about Jesus to the people around us. So that's what we've learned for the first five weeks. And a couple weeks ago, Melissa shared a story from Acts 3 of how Peter and John were just going about their normal day when they had a divine encounter with a paralyzed man begging for money. They stopped and talked to him, and in the power and the authority of Jesus, the man was healed. Instantly, this man's life was dramatically changed. Why? Because Peter and John were living missionally. They were living their life with a purpose to make Jesus known. And they were looking for opportunities to do that. But something else they had, and what I want to talk with you guys about tonight, is they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This everyday encounter turned into a miraculous Jesus moment because Peter and John were aware of, obedient to, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We as believers in Je- Jesus, and here is com- the kaiapha community, we are community filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to talk to you guys about tonight. And more specifically, what does that mean that we're a community filled with the Holy Spirit? So the Bible pastors um, are going to be handing out Bibles. We really care about the Word of God in Chi And if you don't have a Bible with you, just raise your hand. We'll get you one. If you don't own a Bible, please take this Bible home and read it. We would love that you do that. Okay. Um, so I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. And the First Baptist Church of Albuquerque, New Mexico, in fact. Do I have any other Baptists in the building? All right. That's about as loud as I would have expected from the (laughs) Baptists. But honestly, I I loved living and growing up in this community. I had some people that modeled really well how to love Jesus and how to be um, devoted to his word and how to serve the people around them. But... I rarely remember hearing about the Holy Spirit and much less about how he interacts with my faith and everyday life as a Christian. So when I came to college and got involved in Chi Alpha, I was challenged to actually start reading the Bible regularly. And I noticed something. I noticed that the Holy Spirit is everywhere in the Bible. And what I saw was that the early followers of Jesus lived with a vibrant, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And they expected him to show up in their lives daily. And I wanted some of that. Um, So I want to make that same challenge to you guys. Start reading your Bible regularly. I want to challenge you first, read through Acts. As we're going through this series, read through Acts. um, Then read the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament. And while you're reading, look for how often Jesus or the disciples mention the Holy Spirit. There's some key words that you can look for. Um, phrases like spirit or filled with the spirit or filled with power, um, anointed from on high, Holy Ghost, breath of life is, is another like ho- Holy Spirit kind of word. Look for those types of keywords as you're reading. And look for how the spirit of God interacts with Jesus, how he interacts with the followers of Jesus in the early church. What did their life look like in the spirit? So please do that. Read, read through those things and, and look for those words. Um, Because I don't think that we get a full picture of what Jesus intended for his followers without the Holy Spirit. So let's look um, real quick in John 14. Um, Jesus is talking to his disciples about how he's going to leave them. So starting in verse 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus was explaining to his disciples that he would be leaving, but he says, don't worry because I will be with you in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Gordon Fee, um, he says it this way. The spirit is the way God has come to us in the present age to be with us, to indwell us both corporately and individually to fellowship with with us and to empower us for the life in the present. By the spirit, our lives are invaded by the living God himself. God himself is present in and among us. How cool is that, right? We have the living God with us, in us. I was ch- talking to Josh last week in our one-on-one, um, and we were talking about how I've always thought it, be, it would be so cool to be alive when Jesus was alive, right? To be one of his disciples. Because I thought it'd be so much easier to follow him if I ha- knew him as a living person and I could talk to him and ask him questions. But I've realized I think it's so much better now. Now we have access to him in such a more intimate and personal way. Now he's in us. He's guiding us. He's speaking to us. And he's empowering us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he speaks to his followers in <clears throat> John seven thirty-seven through 39. <clears throat> he says, or it says, on the last day, the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, talking to his followers, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So Jesus says that we have access to living water, the living water of Jesus through the spirit of God. So what does it look like to live life with the Holy Spirit? that's what we're going to talk about in my main points tonight and we're going to pull that out of um, that story that Melissa talked about with with Peter and John in Acts chapter 3 we're going to pick up where she left off and then we're going to move on into chapter 4 okay so I'm just going to go through some of that story so we can just look at a chunk of that scripture Um, so in Acts 3 you can turn to Acts 4 now because that's where we'll be looking Acts chapter 4 but in verse 3 we see that um, Peter and John heal a paralyzed man, right? And so after after this awesome Jesus moment, the man is healed. And so he starts running around and telling everybody, I was healed by Jesus in the power of Jesus. So um, a bunch of people are starting to come around to see what's happened. And Peter and John get the opportunity to preach the gospel to all of these Jewish people in the temple. And the, the people see the miracle, and God is glorified in that. Now, the high priests and the Jewish leaders come to check it out, and they hear Peter and John preaching the gospel of Jesus. But having hardened hearts to hear the truth of what Peter's saying, they put Peter and John in jail and then on trial in the next day. And so this is where we come to our first point. Um, we're going to take out of this story what we learn about um, living life with the Spirit. And the first point is that the Spirit takes our ordinary and makes it extraordinary. So we're going to be starting in 4.13. Um, and this is to when the elders and high priests are putting John and Peter on trial. Right after um, Peter and John uh, make an answer to their question. It says, the elders and high priests, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Jesus. So John and Peter were both lowly fishermen, right? Which was a pretty uneducated, gruff, and vulgar profession. Definitely not known for their smarts or their power or their status. John was known to have a pretty fiery temper. In fact, him and his brother Andrew were called the sons of thunder because of that temper. Um, Peter, we see in the gospel accounts that he was often putting his foot in his mouth for the things he was saying. Um, These were ordinary, imperfect men, Um, And not the guys you would have thought Jesus would use to start his church, right? And the religious leaders are astonished at the boldness and authority that Peter and John were speaking with. So by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus, they both became world changers, Peter and John. Literally, the world would not be the same if it weren't for the influence of both of these men, the influence they had on the Christian movement that impacted the world as we know it. The world would not be the same without them. John went on to lead thousands to Jesus. He wrote several of the books of the New Testament, including the go- a gospel, several epis- epistles, and the, wo- the book of Revelation. Excuse me. Peter went on to be the rock that Jesus would build his church on. He wrote one of the gospels, and his outreach to the Gentile people is the reason that you and I are believers today. <coughs> these guys were world changers. Jesus took these ordinary men... And made them extraordinary. Maybe some of you are like me and you don't often feel extraordinary. Maybe you've had some similar thoughts to me sometimes when you think that this whole Christian thing is hard and it's a bit overwhelming, right? Sometimes I wonder, am I really cut out for this? Can I do what God is expecting me to do? And then, Mike, I told you I wasn't going to cry. I'm not. Um, and then God, God <laughs> speaks to me through his word in Philippians 1.6, saying, No, Nate, you can be confident in this, that he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. It's because of the power of God through the Holy Spirit, which works in our lives and our hearts and our minds to transform us as we live life with the Spirit of God. Hmm. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, therefore there now is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And later in verse 11, it says, the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. This is the power of the Holy Spirit in us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, transforming us, making us into new creations. Hmm. So what's the result? Galatians 5, through 23, you probably have heard this verse. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, that is the result of living a life with the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what we become as we live life with the Holy Spirit. So think about this. Are you allowing the Spirit of God to transform you? Are you trusting that God is doing that work in you? (coughs) Okay. The second thing that we learn Um, from living a life with the Spirit is that the Spirit communicates with us. Let's look back to the story of Peter and John in chapter 3 of Acts. Peter and John were just going about their day when they passed the paralyzed paralyzed man begging for money at the temple gate. They must have passed this man countless times before coming in and out of the temple. So what was different about this day? I'm convinced that the that Peter heard from the Holy Spirit in that moment. Maybe it sounded like this. Peter, hold up. This dude's about to get healed. Pray for this man. Maybe not. (laughs) But (laughs) maybe it was just a sudden urge to pray for this man um, and a confidence that he would be healed or a sudden compassion for this man that the Spirit invoked in him in that time. I know in my own experience during college, I remember walking by a lady on campus one day and all of a sudden feeling a sudden um, drop in my stomach. I don't know if God audibly spoke to me um, or if I just knew in my mind what the Lord was saying, but I felt deep compassion for this lady in that moment. And this lady I didn't even know. Um, And I knew the Lord was saying, go pray with this woman. And of course, I went through the whole that's weird, God. There are people around. I have class in like 20 minutes. Um, all that happened like 15 seconds. And then eventually I, was, I, I went back and, and I said, Hey, I was just walking by and I felt the Lord telling me to pray with you. Is there anything you need prayer for? Um, and it ended up being like a, a 20, 25 minute long conversation um, about some family stuff that she was going through. And she was crying and I was crying. Um, And then we got to pray together. And it was awesome, guys. It was so cool. But the point of that is that the Spirit speaks to us. He guides us. And if we're listening, he will use us to bless and impact someone's life. I've never regretted following the hint or urge of the Spirit to talk or minister to someone. And it doesn't always go like that, that like it did with that lady. Um, But I've always regretted when I didn't follow the spirit in that moment <clears throat> we see that in verse 25 of acts 4 the followers of jesus prayed you spoke by the holy spirit through the mouth of your serv- servant our father david and then they quote this scripture that david had wrote the spirit in that moment reminded them of that scripture that spoke directly to their situation and they were encouraged by that to pray for boldness In the face of opposition, the spirit speaks to us through scripture. So as you're reading your Bible during God time, something might pop out, pop out at you or seem like it's written just for you. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you through scripture. When this happens to me, sometimes I feel like the volume in my head voice gets cranked up. So as I'm reading, I'm like hearing it at full volume. Um, and I'm like, okay, God, I get it. That's, that's for me. Um, because it's usually speaking to something that I've just thought about or um, talked about with someone or something that's going on in my life in that moment. The Spirit of God wants us to know and be known by him. We can have an intimate relationship with the Spirit in this way. But sometimes the scripture that you're reading isn't for you. Maybe the spirit will highlight it for someone in your core. And he'll say, man, Brandon really needs to hear this right now. And so you go to Brandon and say, hey, man, I've got this verse for you. And he reads it. And later he comes to you and says, man, I don't know how you knew I needed that. But that verse spoke exactly what I needed to hear. How cool is that? God does that kind of stuff, right? Or maybe the Spirit will speak to you through a vision. I know a couple guys that frequently get visions from the Lord here in Chi Alpha, um, while they're worshiping or while they're praying, um, and I've been super blessed when they've shared those with me. God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. Are you listening? Are you inviting the Spirit to speak to you as you read Scripture? When you pray to God, do you spend time just listening to him? <clears throat> Are you listening for the spirit to guide you in everyday encounters like the one Peter and John had and the one I had with that woman? Okay, the third third thing we learn from life with the spirit is that the spirit gives us boldness to share the gospel. In our story in Acts 4, Peter was able to stand on trial in front of the Jewish leaders who had the power to kill him. He was able to stand before them and boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus because he was empowered by the boldness of the Holy Spirit. In verse 29, after Peter and John tell the other followers about what happened, the followers pray, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Now, they don't say, God, make them stop harassing us. Or protect us from the danger of these people. No, they say, give us boldness to speak your word. And the Lord answers their prayer. In verse 31, it says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the wo- word of God boldly. <laughs> if you read through all of Acts, like I challenged you earlier, you'll see that when the followers of Jesus get filled with the Spirit, the most common result mentioned in the Bible um, when these spirit moments happen is that people have the boldness to share the gospel. There's a lot of other cool stuff happening, uh, miracles and speaking in tongues and prophesying and, and all this cool stuff. But the most common um, thing that happens as a result of, of people getting filled with the spirit is they have a boldness to share the gospel. <clears throat> so how are you doing talking about Jesus with your friends or standing up for the gospel when you when your teacher starts bashing on Christianity. Do you need boldness to share the gospel? I do. Unfortunately, many times when I knew I needed to speak up, I didn't. All right. And the fourth thing that we learned from a life in the spirit is that the spirit works miracles to bring glory to God. When the Spirit is at work, man, amazing things happen. Peter and John allowed the Spirit to move powerfully through them, and the result was that a man was miraculously healed. I think as Christians, and even non-Christians, we love the idea of miracles. In movies and stories, we love when just in the nick of time, some supernatural intervention Um, happens and the protagonist saves the day or is saved from seemingly utter destruction, right? We love that kind of stuff. But in our westernized scientific mindset, I think we have a harder time believing miracles happen in real life. We have realistic scientific, we like realistic scientific explanation for things, which is great. Um, And I, I think the Lord loves that too. But God is also a supernatural God. He does things that are greater than our understanding. I have seen physical healing take place right in front of me. But I will tell you that as a kinesiology major and someone who studied to become a physical therapist, it did not make logical sense in my kinesiology brain what was going on right in front of me. But it happened. I couldn't deny what the Lord had done even though it didn't make make sense to me. Or even even if you believe in miracles and that they're real and that they happen, um, we often think that they just don't happen to us, right? Or they aren't likely to happen in our regular life. But how can we believe in a God that came to earth, healed people, was raised from the dead, defeating the power of sin and death so that we might have salvation, how can we believe in that God yet not believe that he wants to show up miraculously in our everyday life? Remember, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and active in us today. And he wants to show up miraculously. All through Acts in the New Testament, we see that wherever spirit-empowered believers go, Miraculous things are happening. People are healed. Prophetic words are spoken. People are brought back from the dead. And many other signs and wonders are done. It was a part of the life of spirit-filled believers then. And it's just as much a part of our lives as spirit-filled believers today. But what is the purpose of these miracles? Well, first, I think God just loves us. He loves to bless us. God desires to meet our needs and care for us. God loved that woman enough to tell me to go encourage her and pray for her. Right? God does that stuff because He loves us, He cares for us. But also, these signs and wonders point to who God is and encourage people to believe. When I saw that guy healed right in front of me, my faith was greatly increased. And I started praying for people that they would be healed. In verse 16, um, in this Acts chapter 4, this is talking about the Jewish leaders. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. They couldn't deny the power of Jesus because the man stood before them healed. And the people saw and believed in God. In verse 4, it says that the numbers who believed grew to 5,000 people. Because, the, because of the miracle and the gospel being preached in this moment. How cool is that? The Spirit wants to use us to bless the people around us. Dick Schroeder um, is a wise and spirit-filled man in Kaiapha World, um, and he spoke at last year's fall retreat. Um, and he says that we can be like FedEx delivery people, carrying spiritual gifts and blessings to the people around us. I love that image. Isn't that great? God loves people so much that he wants to use us to impact their life. Now, I'm not the biggest football fan, but I'll watch a game and I'll cheer for the Sounders. Um, But sometimes, I'll be honest, I get get bored. Maggie's laughing back there. I said Sounders. Oh. I'm a soccer fan, if you didn't know. Um, Seahawks. I'll cheer for the Seahawks, though, when, when they're playing. Uh, but sometimes I do get a little bored watching the games. So I look for the, for the water guys, like the water boys, who, like, run out with car- the things of water bottles, and they, like, squirt them in the helmets. Because it's kind of funny to watch. Because, like, sometimes they miss and get water everywhere. And it's just funny. Um, <laughs> but th- thinking of those guys, um, <laughs> remember, uh, remember the passage I shared where Jesus asks, who's thirsty? And he says that his living water flows out from within those who believe in him. We have living water, and people are thirsty for that living water. We can be water boys of living water, (laughs) right? As silly as that sounds, think of how many students here at Central are thirsty for purpose and hope, freedom from addiction, healing from physical pain, you have living water flowing through you. I encourage you, ask the spirit to be speaking to you and look for opportunities to bring people living water. Speaking of water. (coughs) Okay, the fifth thing and last thing that we hear that we learn about um, life in the spirit is that the spirit changes how we see the world. As we follow Jesus, he invites us to open our eyes and to see the world as it truly is. That there are f- there's a physical world, but there's also a spiritual world. And to have a full picture of a life following Jesus and life with the Spirit means acknowledging that there's a spiritual world and looking for that in our everyday life. The New Testament um, talks about an internal battle between living by the Spirit versus living by flesh. It says that in several verses. Um, But seeing the spiritual world also looks like that there are spiritual forces opposed to what God is doing through the Holy Spirit in our world. There's a good spirit and there's bad spirits. There's darkness versus light, Satan's forces against God's forces. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So part of following Jesus and entering into life with the Spirit is joining the battle against spiritual darkness. Jesus is at work in this world bringing freedom and life and hope. And you have the choice to join him in that fight. What you do matters. What you say matters. And what you don't do what you don't say matters when the spirit urges you to go talk to or pray for that person what you decide has an impact on the spiritual destiny of real people now as i come to a close the worship team can start coming down but i want to i want to read that john 17 37 through 38 um, verse again. Worship team can start coming down. Um, It says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Now, if you do not have, if if you've not yet said yes to following Jesus, if you haven't said yes to following Jesus, I invite you to consider that tonight. If you're thirsty for living water that brings freedom and hope and life that is truly life, I want to invite you to talk to God about that and ask him to fill you with that living water. And you can ask someone next to you or your facilitator to pray with you as you do that too. I want to make it really clear that when you choose to believe and follow Jesus, you automatically have access to the Holy Spirit. He is working in you and through you. But I want to ask those of you, ask those of you who consider yourselves a follower of Jesus already. I lost this last page of my notes. Um, I think I remember. Um, so I want to ask those of you who already consider a G- yourself a follower of Jesus. Are you getting all? that you have access to from the Lord? Are you you accessing all that is available to you? That's the way I wanted to say it. If you're a follower of of Jesus, are you you accessing all that the Lord has for you? If not, I want to encourage you um, to do so. If you want more of any of those things that we talked about tonight, all those things that Jesus promises you, If you want more of any of those things, ask for it tonight. Ask that the Lord would fill you with his Holy Spirit. Um, And I'm going to be, there's questions that that are up here. Um, As we go into the first couple minutes of of music, just think on these questions. Um, And journal about them, pray about them.